Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Boy, I would hate to follow in my last week's episode. <laughs> I knew you were going to be a little twat about this. So. Oh, man. How are you going to follow that? It's like, it's like Creed following the Beatles. <laughs> when arms wide open. I loved how much y'all loved last week, last week's episode. I mean, loud and clear. I actually really don't want to follow it. Y'all, Rebecca's just trying to bump me off my Natasha Ryan pedestal. That one mm -hmm. was killing it before your shenanigans. That's right. So I know y'all are all on college tech or, you know, text with your high school friends, college friends, real world friends, whoever. I need y'all to go ahead and send our podcast to them. Let's continue to spread the word because my God, we've got to be making money soon. <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah. Loud and clear. And that made me question my next story because I have two, two options that I really want to do. They're both crazy. One is more on the investigative side. Um, not Paul Franziak crazy, but crazy. The other one, the actual story is bat shit. I don't know which one because God, after that, I think y'all, yeah, I'm into the investigation too, y'all. I mean, I, hear oh, I think that story had it all. It had both. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, so we're going to do Patreon shoutouts at the end. Mm -hmm. I also, we also got a review, a very nice one that said she loved us everything, but um, wished that we would timestamp when the story starts because I understand some people are at work and they have minimal time to listen to a podcast and you just need to get to the story. So we are going to start doing that. Um, we'll include it in the description of oh, yeah. each episode. Like Paul oh. Franz acts, I, I put it in there. Oh, okay. If you if you didn't notice, that is a good shout. I wish um, podcasts, especially with like forty minute intros, would do that. Yeah, because I I actually did see that, and I looked at my last one. And I was like, okay, that one's gonna be at two minutes and twenty seconds. Right, <laughs> but it's okay. I like that. No, good good idea. Yeah, I think the Paul Franzak one. It starts like minute three or something. Yeah, that I'm like, that's wow. fine. But I get it. Every good minute shout. counts. All right, I'm gonna tell Rebecca and all of y'all about Jamie Faith. Sources. The Oak Cliff Advocate Magazine, which is where the story takes place. The Case Files, NBCNews.com, ABC News, CBS News, and Court Junkie, which is a podcast that plays the trial. Oh. No. Court oh, Junkie, my... not Crime Junkie. Court Junkie. It's, gr oh my gosh. It just plays the trial? Yeah, she'll, she'll, the host will come in and further explain something every once in a while, but it, it plays the footage of the trial the audio of the trial i was like that's helpful oh, so that is helpful. i know what up court junkie 34 year old jamie faith was an it director at u.s airways in phoenix and was a self-proclaimed bachelor he never wanted to get married never wanted kids didn't really ever see himself even in a serious relationship he was just like i'm gonna fly solo oh okay but that all changed in 2005 when he met 33 year old jennifer on a blind date Jennifer was a speech therapist and a single mom to an eight-year-old daughter named Amber. She and Jamie really hit it off and became inseparable. In 2012, Jamie and Jennifer got married in Las Vegas, and he even legally adopted Amber. Oh, so, he really changed his ways. Full 180. Yeah. 
Jamie was very well liked. People said he was smart, quirky, overall just a great guy. In 2017, when American Airlines bought out U.S. Airways, he got a promotion and they moved to Dallas, like a little neighborhood outside of Dallas called Oak Cliff, hence the magazine, the Oak Cliff Advocate magazine and the source. I got a lot from them. Things were great. They had a lot of friends. They were social. Jennifer's daughter, Amber, loved Jamie. Life's just good. Mm-hmm. On March 17, 2020, day one of lockdown, if you recall, Jennifer got a LinkedIn message from an old, old high school and college boyfriend named Darren Lopez. The two of them hadn't spoken in almost 30 years, but they were pretty serious back in the day and even discussed getting married, but he joined the army and was deployed to South Korea and she was still finishing college. So they just, they ultimately broke up. Yeah. Darren was in the army special forces for 26 years and was deployed to Iraq six times. He earned a purple heart and a bronze star. In 2005, he sustained a head injury in combat when two trucks exploded using the same type of bombs as the Oklahoma city bombings in trucks of the 23 people there 19 died and darren was one of the four survivors oh my god that's insane yeah he retired in tennessee with his wife and five daughters five but he and his wife recently separated and she took the kids then with covid restrictions he was very bored felt very isolated and depressed so he was like meh i'll reach out and see what she's up to oh my god your ex-wife has five kids during quarantine get out of (laughs) here i know Darren and Jennifer started emailing and catching up with each other. Eventually they exchanged numbers. Mm. I'm sure you can guess they ended up having an emotional affair. Sure. They text cyber call, sex. Cyber sex. They text, call, email all day, every day, averaging 500 texts a day. Five hundred oh texts a day. That's almost as much as us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh my God. They were bored. That is boredom. Bored. No sourdough making for them. <laughs> no sourdough. No. Um, They're uninterested in TikTok videos. I was about to say, no TikTok trends, no learning dances. Okay. Just texting and emailing okay. and calling when they could. They were professing their love for each other, called each other soulmates. But despite this, Darren said he was not interested in breaking up a marriage. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Well, then stop texting, emailing, and, you know. I think it was more of a stance of, like, don't leave your husband for me. We can just keep doing this. Uh-huh. Like, type of a, I'll share yeah. you right. type thing. That's nice. You, you stay married to your well-liked husband. Right. Mm-hmm. Jennifer told him that she did not have qualms about it because she had a little secret about her uber well-liked successful husband. Behind closed doors, he was a monster and routinely abused her, both physically and sexually. They hadn't had consensual sex in four years. Oh, shit. The abuse only got worse in April 2020 when he went through her phone and found the messages from Darren. Oh, yeah. He would burn her, choke (gasps) her, beat her up. During rape would deprive her of air, which I couldn't get exactly what that meant. I think strangle. Putting a pillow over her face or, yeah, strangling her. Oh, God. They had a hot tub. Deprive her of air. Just call it what it is. Well, I know. That was the court document. So I didn't know it didn't go into specifics. I don't know. They had a hot tub and one night they were in there and he forced her to try to give oral sex underwater. (gasps) And which, what? Next thing she knew, she woke up and he was performing CPR. She blacked (gasps) out. She didn't remember any of it. Ew. On so many levels, that's repulsive. 
the the worst of the worst is he had a disgusting sketchy friend named jeremy and on a few occasions he had jeremy join on the rape like uh -uh. Made her have sex with him oh my god darren is horrified and pissed she sent him pictures of her bruises and burns and every time darren begged her to go to the cops but she said she didn't want her daughter to lose her dad and was worried it would make everything worse no that dad is worth losing Finally, Darren said she was, he was contacting the authorities and she said, if you do that, I'll deny everything and say everything is fine. Nothing will happen to him and it will just make everything worse, which is a very real, real and sad fear for a lot of victims, unfortunately. Plus, he wasn't abusing Amber. She didn't even know this out of him. So I think that just helped her justify it, I guess. This really weighed on Darren. He was stressed. He was not sleeping. He felt completely helpless since he lived in Tennessee and this is in Dallas. So he asked if anyone else knew about this, someone in Dallas who could get over there at the drop of a hat if they needed to. And she said the only other person she's ever told was their friend Rob, Rob Schmidt. Darren asked for Rob's contact information, which she did give him. She, he asked for Amber's too, and she said, hell no. Amber's they, contact it, info? Yeah, she's an adult at this point. She's like 18. She was oh, like okay. 98. Yeah, so she's an adult at this point, but yeah, he, she said, hell no. She did give him Rob Schmidt's email address. So they were emailing back and forth. Rob was able to remedy some of the situations, calm Jamie down. I think he's a mutual friend. Ultimately, his emails just filled Darren in on abuse that Jennifer said wasn't happening. Rob was like, yes, it is. So it kind of just stressed him out more. So even with Jamie finding out about Jennifer and Darren's relationship, they continued it. But J Jennifer had to be a lot more careful. Apparently, they were not careful enough because Jamie texted Darren telling him to stay away from his family and saying it's really cute that he thinks he can swoop in and protect her and all this stuff. As the months went on... and the military, man. Watch out. Yeah. He can come in and protect her if need be. Yeah. As the months went on, it would go in like lulls. If Jamie didn't find anything from Darren, it was fine. When he did, he would reach out to Darren directly. And it started getting really aggressive. At first, he was like, stay away from my family again. But then he was taunting him, telling him that he needed to stay away or Jennifer will pay the ultimate price and, quote, enjoy knowing you can't do a fucking thing about it. Oof. There were countless texts and emails like this. In early October 2020, Jamie told Darren that he was planning a surprise for Jennifer for their 15th wedding anniversary on October 9th, and it involved a hot tub. Given the hot tub story he already knew, Darren was confident he was going to kill her, whether on purpose or not. This would be it. On October 9th, 2020, Jennifer and Jamie took their dog on a walk at 7.30 a.m. when someone in a mask and hoodie ran up to them, shot Jamie seven times, three times in the head, three times in the chest, once in the groin. Oh. He then punched Jennifer in the face, forced her on the ground, tried to take the rings off her fingers, but she was screaming, and by then a neighbor came out, so the guy jumped in a black truck and fled. I have a feeling I know who that was. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You just chill. Again, it's 7.30 in the morning, so people are up. Neighbors heard the gunshots, heard the screaming, so they were quick to call 911. Most of them had ring cameras, too, so they got a good shot of the truck, and it had a notable T sticker on the back window. Looks like a Texas Rangers T. Mm -hmm. I was on the driver's side. Jennifer's very shaken and shocked, and even though she doesn't tell police this, obviously she has an idea of who's behind it. Sure. So now she's in a pickle. On one hand, she's relieved that he's gone, her abuser. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, she doesn't want to come out with it because she doesn't want Darren to get in trouble. 
So mm. she carries on saying like, she doesn't know who could have done this. Yeah. On December 4th, she goes on a local news station pleading for anyone to come forward, anyone who knows anything. Again, keeping the front. Being like, please God, let it be someone else who did it. I, exactly. Because she really didn't see him. Yeah. Um, Because he was covered. But yeah, please God, let this be a coincidence. <sighs> yeah, exactly. During their investigation, they look at a few possibilities. Jamie had recently laid off people to American Airlines, so perhaps disgruntled employee. That doesn't really pan out. Mm -hmm. They always look at the spouse. So the day of the murder, they asked Jennifer for her phone, which she gladly gave to them. At first search, they didn't find anything damning since she routinely deleted all communication from Darren. I mean, with Darren from Jamie. Mm -hmm. However, they found a text that she sent one of her longtime friends, Tina, about Darren and her emotional affair. So they're like, oh, well, let's look in her contacts for Darren. Yeah. So they, they find one and that's how they got his last name. So they... Or like, let's look into this emotional affair, dude. That's how they got home. Mm -hmm. They did a background check and found out he owned a black Nissan truck. So they did a flyover of his house in Tennessee and saw the black truck with a University of Tennessee T on the back window. It oh. wasn't a Texas Rangers T. It's a Tennessee T. Yeah. On the driver's that. side. With this, they got a warrant to search Darren's phone records and found thousands of text calls, emails between he and Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Among the ones that made their ears perk up was on December 3rd when Jennifer texted Darren and wrote, so I woke up in a little bit of a panic. Something's eating away at me telling me you need to take that sticker off the back window of your truck. And they're like, huh? Wait, two months after the murder? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This begins their investigation into Jennifer for obstruction of justice, because even if she didn't know Darren would do this, she is certainly helping him cover it up. Yeah. They continue going through the thousands of messages and see that on December 29th, Jennifer texted him starting with, okay, so life insurance. Oh, she goes on to tell him that she submitted the claim for Jamie's life insurance, which was $600,000 PS. And they can't process, but they told her they can't process it until the investigation's over. They looked at Darren's debit card purchases and he had used them along the way from his drive from Tennessee to Texas, like various gas stations. So that oh, and the surveillance at those gas stations just proved that he drove from just outside Nashville to Dallas. Criminals are so stupid. This is 2020. It's not even 1980. There's well, surveillance everywhere. They will get, they will track you. I know, but he, at this point, I don't think was trying to be careful because he was just going to explain the situation. Like he was like, I knew I was going to get caught, but. Oh, uh, okay. All right. He was an abuser and a monster and we had proof. Yeah. Like, we needed to off him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On January 11th, 2021, Darren is arrested for Jamie's murder. They found his gun, which is a 45 caliber handgun. That's the one that killed Jamie. Like there's just no fighting it. Yeah. On February 24th, 2021, Jennifer was arrested for obstruction of justice for working with Darren to cover it up. Mm -hmm. As they continued the investigation, they find the emails from Jamie to Darren and between Rob and Darren, they're like, Oh, this changes things. Like why wouldn't they Tell us about this. Jamie yeah. put the ultimate front of this nice sort of nerdy guy, but behind the scenes, he's sadistic. Mm -hmm. So they brought Rob in for questioning. They talked to him about the emails between he and Darren and the whole situation between Jennifer and Jamie. And Rob says, huh? <laughs> I knew it. I didn't even think Rob was a real guy. Okay. So no, Rob's real. Yeah. He never sent any emails to Darren. He had no idea what they were talking about. I knew it. So they sent the computer to the FBI and it comes back that Jennifer was behind every single email from Jamie and Rob. She's doing air quotes, people. 
the abuse was complete bullshit. Oh, Jamie, Jamie was, was nice. A, yeah, he was actually a little bit of a nerdy guy. He, I'm telling you. He certainly didn't deserve to be gunned down because his wife's a wimp and wouldn't divorce him. Come on. He's so nice. Oh, like when, when you see his picture, you're like, no. Oh, man. The pictures she sent of her bruised and beaten up body were from a car wreck she was in a few years prior. And some of them were stock photos. <gasps> like she sent a close up <laughs> of a bruised lip. With the with the watermark on it. <laughs> with shutter stock just yeah, all over it. Just all over it. I mean, like, can you believe this? She sent a close up of a bruised lip. So he couldn't tell who it was like that it was her or not. It was a it was from Shutterstock, actually. Oh my god. <laughs> like, hey, that's a really good picture. The light is immaculate. You're right. At what point was she going to, how far was she going to let this go? At best, Darren was going to call the police. And she said no. Like, well, and then you keep going, you keep going. And I mean, you pushed him to kill or asked him to straight up. She, well, okay. Interesting. Even more than just lie about the abuse while posing as Jamie and Rob, she planted the seed that Jamie had to be dead in order for her to be saved. The fake Rob even encouraged Darren, saying, I'd give you an alibi, LOL. All in writing. All in writing. Rob's like, no, I'm not an idiot. There was a lot of other sketchy circumstances, too. For example, on October 8th, by 1.07 p.m., which is the day Darren started his drive to Texas, he and Jennifer had already texted 133 times. Dude. But by right after that, they didn't talk for 28 hours. Very unusual for them. Yeah, sounds very out of character the communication picked back up and through in between october 9th and november 25th 2020 there were twenty four thousand text messages between them I just, oh like, my do y'all sleep they never do speak on the phone it's all through text and they do not sleep that is insane on january 11th 2021 the day darren was arrested jennifer told him that she was going to do a factory reset on her phone before her scheduled interview with detectives just things like that. It, it ain't looking good. No, it sure isn't. So in October 2021, seven months after being arrested for obstruction of justice, she's charged with murder for hire. Yeah. Solicitation at its finest. She got a plea deal and pled. she pled guilty, admitted to everything. Jamie said Jamie never abused her, admitted to posing as Jamie and Rob when emailing Darren to plant the seed in the head that um, he needed to save her. And the only way to do that was to kill Jamie. Using someone extremely vulnerable, Darren had a head injury, PTSD, Aww. fought in combat for years. Aww. She knew that if he was given a mission, he'd finish it. And she was sentenced to life in prison instead of the death penalty. That was part of her plea deal. Mm -hmm. Darren ended up pleading not guilty, and his case went to trial in, 20, in July 2023. Again, in his mind, he was saving Jennifer and yeah. Amber. Yeah, That's why he wasn't careful. He made a point to keep his phone off. He, he said he used a paper map the entire time, but then he got really disoriented in Dallas. He said he didn't realize how big the city was and it is that triggers him. That's a huge PTSD trigger. Oh my God. So he got really lost and it was dark. And so he pulled over and he was like, I'm turning on my phone. I need my GPS. And he was like, I know I'm getting caught. It I mean, but it doesn't matter because I'm saving the world from this monster. Oh man. I like can't, I can't hate him. The trial is really, he is like, Oh, oh God. God, stop. You're tearing out my heart. Yeah. So he, he anticipated getting, getting caught, but he would, the truth would come out and he'd be fine. During trial, they go through every text, every email that cataloged the fake abuse, the emotional fear. 
if you thought it was all lovey-dovey, you're my soulmate type of stuff, you've got another thing going. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, this is a text between Jennifer and Darren in November 2020. And let me first say, Dad, <laughs> if you're listening, you've done your thing. You've supported. It's time to sign off. Let's, let's, Ew, I'm saying for mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, let's y'all did great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And, and the episode ends for you here. <laughs> oh God, I'm nervous. Darren, sorry. Darren to Jennifer. Oh, oh, I so need to fill you with hot calm. <laughs> my sexy brat, I'll bend you over my lap and give you a quick spanking. <sighs> Everyone in the courtroom lights up a cigarette. <laughs> I need to fill you with hot calm. Do I need to read it again? No. No. Thank don't. you. No, thank you. Bold, bold statement. What if she were like, hot? <laughs> what is no. the matter with you? I actually feel really bad for Darren. He's obviously he's embarrassed. He's trying There's so hard. pages of this and they're reading it out loud and he's like visibly cringing. Oh my God. I feel bad. I just really wanted to see your face when I read this because <laughs> they're in the court documents. So I was like, well, come again. The dirty talk. A, the dirty talk is too much. For it's, oh, he's trying so hard. She's like, talk dirty to me. He's like, I'm going to fill you with hot cum. She's like, what the Sick. fuck is wrong with you? That's no, disgusting. she said, ooh, I love that. that no, she doesn't. And meanwhile, she's nauseous. She's no, like, she's, oh God. She's got problems too. She probably loved it. <laughs> But he is not at fault here. I'm sorry. No. I'll say they also it. dug into some sketchy ass behavior from Jennifer during trial. The sure. day after, like the day after hiring someone to murder her husband. Sorry. All oh, right. But no, this is for Darren's trial. So they're just like painting the picture of like, she's definitely behind this. The day after the murder, a friend of Jamie and Jennifer set up a GoFundMe for Jennifer to pay Jamie's funeral expenses. And it raised over $60,000. She ended up having two funerals for him, one in Phoenix, one in Dallas. Both seemed weird and very expensive. Like she had coasters and matchbooks as memorabilia and gave out party favors. No. What? No. Like coasters of, I think of like pictures of him with his birthday and death date. Like, no, this is unnecessary. No, it's not. It's not a... No one's keeping that. Right. She also used those funds to bankroll Darren. He, she bought him a couple of flights for him and his daughters, like to go on trips. She bought him a big screen TV. She paid off some credit cards, which she then gave him access to. Yet she left an unpaid funeral bill of $6,500. So she just screwed over everyone who donated to that. She used it just to live life. GoFundMe ended up refunding everyone who donated. Good, good. good. And after only a four day trial and four hours of deliberation, Darren was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 62 years in prison. No, are you serious? Yeah. How old is he at this point? It's a life <sighs> sentence. Oh yes, very much. In his fifties, early fifties, life sentence for sure. Oh. Which I get he did kill, but he was very much pushed to, very vulnerable to that stuff. And I just don't, obviously a guilty sentence, but. I mean, a guilty verdict, but I could not have done a 62-year sentence. I think that's way too long for what he did, what he went through. Yeah. Sorry. I know he did. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Just, the you can't, answer is And watching the trial, watching and listening to the trial, it, it's really hard to not 
he's just so do his ex-wife does his ex-wife or any of his daughters um like <clears throat> testify on his behalf are they character witnesses being like no, no. Like, oh no not that i know of because they he talks about a lot in the trial because i didn't obviously sit and watch four days of it but i watched the a bulk of it big highlights and he talks about how he's disappointed all of them <gasps> so no I, I think they kind of wrote it off Aww. and and he was very scrutinized for falling for it like i didn't go through all the emails and texts from jamie and rob it, but he it has is seen like, the worst of the worst in the world like figure it out probably i don't know but he doesn't doubt his high school sweetheart who was soulmate and he's seen the worst of the worst he knows that evil is out there He's probably like, yeah, I believe it. I mean, he's, an abusive husband who a woman is scared to leave. That's not that unbelievable. Yeah. He also breaks down in trial and says that he made a promise to himself that if he could save someone, he would. Because what, on one of his deployments to Iraq, his granddaughter drowned and his daughter caught him sobbing. Being like, why weren't you here? No. -uh. Why aren't you here? And it, it riddled him with guilt because he couldn't save her. And then shortly thereafter, his best friend committed suicide. <gasps> And he was like, I couldn't save them either. So he said, if there's ever anything in his power he could do, he oh would do God. it. Oh, my God. I've never He's felt more very guilty for likable. a guy who killed. That is, why was his daughter, why did why'd she say, why weren't you here? Like, I think in grief, like she was just losing her shit. Yeah. Not yeah. like to make him feel bad, but she was yeah. like, if it, I think she said, like, if anyone could have saved her, it was you. Because like, <gasps> he was a badass. Yeah, he's badass. Um, oh, my God. That is awful the only thing he's guilty of is talking about his hot calm <sighs> gross so that's the story of that batshit psycho jennifer faith and the murder of poor jamie i'm telling you i'm gonna i'm gonna post a, a few hours after this episode is released because you'll be able to see it right through it when i post a yeah. picture of him he's like nerdy like with his dog like he is sweet and oh, the Not that being monsters what? can look monsters can look at like anything but oh sure sure but the motive being i don't want to go through a divorce i want that insurance money yeah his, her second husband she's that jamie was her third husband she wanted the insurance between his life insurance and 401k she was gonna get well over a million dollars his her second husband came forward and said that he she did the same thing to him i couldn't validate this but 48 hours is the only place that said that and i trust them so i'm gonna throw it out there wait say it again she her second husband came forward and said she did the same thing to him about her first husband. She would tell him that her first husband was abusive, horrible, sexually abused her, physically abused her, all the same shit. He would threaten to go to the cops, but that was Amber's biological dad. So she was like, absolutely not. And then he just started looking into it and like just found a lot. He was like, there's no way this is true. I can't remember how he didn't say how he actually yeah. found proof that it was all bullshit. Um, but she, he was, he said she was very much planting the seed of like, I wish she was just dead. I wish someone would kill him. Like, and he just was like, no, no. Oh, so, so she found the perfect vulnerable she found man. To yes. Do she found the, exact and he man. happened to reach out to her on LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh man. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. She really saw an opportunity. It's bat shit. Bat shit. Um, now I'm going to do Patreon shout outs. Hey, Abigail, Natalie, Keely, Presley, Jen, Carissa, and Jesse. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. Goodbye. Okay,